wishes you good luck and Godspeed. Space Monkeys blasting off with Zero X Brain Jar once again. Seems like just yesterday, but sir, I had to get you in the room once again to ask when Pika. Yeah, so at this time, you can go to um, Picasso.xyz, click on the app button, and claim your Pika. Whether you contribute stable coins or KSM, it's, it's all set up. Feel free to open a ticket on Discord if you have some troubles, but you can now claim your Pika. Mid-December when Pablo's live, it'll now be transferable. People can trade and all that fun stuff. It's been a long road here. It's been a long road. So um, what does this mean? Pika is live now or, or it's claimable. Where do we go from here? Yeah, so we have uh, bite-sized releases of all the stuff that I've been talking about for like the past year basically coming up. So first we're going to have the launch of Pablo mid-December, which allows for people to start LPing, Pika KSM, Pika USDT, KSM USDT. And we'll have a channel open to state mine. The next thing after that is we're going to turn on emissions in what we call release three, which will happen early January, where people can now do all the FNFT stuff we were talking about. So right. lock your Pika for XPika, aka Chaos, and be able to get Pika rewards, earn a share from the treasury, etc. Also at that point, we'll have emissions for LP tokens, so people can stake their LP tokens get rewards like traditional yield farming. These are Pika emissions? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So Pablo at that point will go permissionless so people can create their own pools, can do whatever they want, which I think is really important because we don't really have a permissionless DEX at the moment. Not yet. I think I think it's coming in a few places, but we'll see. Yeah. Coming in a few places. Yeah, that's, that's cool. right. The next release after that is going to include um, our KSM dot bridge. So the bridge that I had mentioned Previously over IBC that lets lets people be able to transfer DOT over to Picasso and do all types of things there. And also in that release, we're seeing if this comes in this release or the next release will be the Cosmwasm VM. So Cosmwasm smart contracts on the parachain. Is Pablo still having a PBLO token? Yes. Okay, so what's going on with that? So with that, we're not going to release the token. So I think we previously mentioned before we want to airdrop PBLO tokens to people in the Pika community, but also people who are Osmos stakers, people who are users of Osmosis. Right, that's right. The idea is that like there will be an eligibility criteria for, for the airdrop. People will use Pablo. And then what we want to do is time the launch of the first Cosmos bridge with a Pablo airdrop. Okay, so that's kind of further down yeah. uh, in the launch process here. What's Pablo going to be used for at that point? Pablo would be then used for uh, all the bonding that we had mentioned. So protocol-owned liquidity, so you bond LP tokens for Pablo at a discount. Uh -huh. Also uh, gauges, so you can lock up Pablo to bribe uh, stable swap pools of like, you know, USDC. If USDC USDT and um, IST wants to have higher emissions than USDT, USDC, AUSD, they can go and bribe Pablo holders who lock up their Pablo tokens uh, for those that rep the bribery revenue. Yeah. And also you can lock up Pablo for 
uh, a 20% share of the fees that the DEX generates. The Pablo DEX is always going to have PICA emissions, and the Pablo token is used uh, to kind of tweak what those emissions are. So this is actually, so this is subject to, to governance, but the idea would be that over time, the PICA emissions taper off. Okay, bit, okay. And that Pablo emissions now are using for are used for emissions for the decks. Now, last time we spoke in New York, uh, you guys were relying more heavily on the KSM to DOT bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you had a little bit of a problem with the issuance of USDT, um, but uh, what's changed since then? Yeah, so what's changed, changed since then is USDT on Kusama basically finally shipped and more people are offering it. So I think as long as people are able to access gate or some other like exchange, they'll be able to transfer their USDT over. I think I was initially concerned that no one would use USDT on, on just the Dotsama ecosystem because it's so hard to get into various different pools. But mm -hmm. I think s some people like Parallel have shown like it's possible. And as far as stable coins, there are stable coins in the Cosmos ecosystem called IST. Um, also, USDC is launching in Cosmos too. So Sorry, was it Cosmos uh, connection before .ksm or was it the other way? .ksm is first, first and then the Cosmos connection comes after that. Okay, so we have the, the Pablo Dex in two to four weeks, I guess, mm -hmm. next month, and then .ksm bridge, yep. and then Cosmos bridge, still called Centauri. So, yeah, that's right. So where are we in readiness on these kind of two other bridging milestones yeah. today? So the bridging, we're, we're waiting on some audits because this has never been done before, right? KSM dot bridge has never been launched. So we're waiting for a couple of audits, but we're hoping mid-January. This is That's an optimistic timeline. I just want to put that out there. Okay. I'm tired of saying timelines. You don't, you're, I'm not forcing you to say any timelines, know, by the way. I know, I know. You don't have to. <laughs> I know, I know. But, okay. So I'm hoping basically mid-January yeah. and then the Cosmos stuff, we can hopefully get in. We have like 30 chains we're working with in Cosmos. What do you mean when you say working with? That have joined our testnet efforts and are now testing the bridge. So we need to go through many rounds of testing with like every single one of these chains before we're super confident to launch this thing because this has never been done before, right? And a whole bunch of dot can move over and a whole bunch of Cosmos tokens can move in now. But we can't emphasize enough that it requires a lot of testing. And, you know, essentially we want every single one of these testnet partners to say, all good, we found no issues before we launch, in addition to the audits that we've already done. Hopefully early February for that is what we're targeting. For the Centauri Bridge. For the Centauri Bridge. And so it seems that you guys uh, have kind of settled into enhancing the Cosmos ecosystem from your par your parachain position. Have you guys been speaking to any other parachains or is it more about the, the Cosmos thing, which, yeah, is, which I mean, is cool? I mean, I've spoken to Oak. Um, we've also spoken sure. to the Interlay guys as well. Like they all want their a connection to Cosmos. So they would, so for us, it's pretty straightforward. They just XCM into our chain and then access the Cosmos ecosystem. But yeah, I think first, like we want to get these live connections going with Cosmos chains. We also have to space them out, right? So we can't just launch all 30 on the same day. What would happen? I mean, we could theoretically do it. Okay. It's just like, it's just hard to monitor everything, right? <clears throat> so I think we want to like space it out like one week at a time or maybe two a week or something. I haven't actually thought about 
how we're going to do that. I think the first one we want to try to go live with is osmosis. Okay, so we have kind of three exciting phases coming up. One, uh, usable DEX mm -hmm. with a KSM and stable pair. Then we have the bridge between Polkadot and uh, Kusama that mm -hmm. opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Yep. And then a link to the uh, other major multi-chain network, Cosmos. The additional plan is when the Cosmos bridge goes live, we want to be able to release XCVM after that. Okay. Um, so this is my next question. What's kind of the core thing that's that's brought you through from you know a year and a half, two years ago, to now and into the future? What's Composable at its core trying to do? Yeah. So I think you know we like from the beginning we've always wanted to build trustless bridges to other ecosystems. Yeah. That's always been the the core philosophy, and then a layer on top that lets people be able to transact in different execution environments from a single location. Because then what that like enables is applications that you can use from your phone, where you type in what you wanna do, not necessarily how you wanna accomplish it, and then have these preferences get routed to different execution environments. Mm -hmm. That's kind of always been the, the vision of why we're doing what we're doing, is to really try to bring non-custodial trustless applications into reality because the whole FTX situation, et cetera, has been, has made the, these like simple user interfaces where you could just hit swap or like trade 100x leverage long uh, while trusting a platform has made, it's just made these things more difficult to use. So right. why not just have a essentially like cross-chain aggregator of all DeFi functionality so that users know if I'm swapping USDC for ETH in this location or through this application, I am getting the best execution no matter what. Right. And so along the way, we realized if we build this as a parachain, we need to build a DEX because there's just, there are some other, you know, DEX competitors out there, but there hasn't really been a actual winner yet that has more than $2 million of TBL. And so our hope I mean, it makes sense if you're now this liquidity hub of different uh, ecosystems to have a DEX that people can just instantly make trades on. Yeah. I think the evolution of the vision has really just become even more and more anarchist from a like heavily decentralization perspective because we've just seen that building protocols on top of this infrastructure is really the way to achieve mass adoption with the destruction of Celsius and FTX and, and all these other things, I think people will be looking for this type of stack. And I think you know, that's where we want to take what we're doing and link it up to a fintech, for instance, who, oh. can, who can offer non-custodial um, you know, custody. Like you send your money to Revolut, for instance, mm -hmm. and now you can just hit swap between your two assets and the rest just gets taken care of. Or you say, I want to stake my, I want to get 20% APY, but not just localized to a single chain. You don't even know what happens. You're now staking Atom, staking DOT, staking NIR, staking ETH. How do you bake risk into that equation? So I think a lot of this is going to have to be based. So we're going to have to like really work on the preference model. Yeah. Uh, so Flashbots actually put out something called Suave last week, the single unifying auction for value extraction. Where basically they're talking about what I just said that we talked about, like that I we had in our white paper a year ago, which is user enters their preferences, it gets sent somewhere, someone computes a route, and then it gets executed in a different 
in different execution environments. Now the trouble is, is like, what do you specify? Well, there's two, there's two problems. What do you specify to make sure um, you're getting best execution? So there's different things you need to specify. Like what is my uh, risk tolerance? Like how high do I want to do APY mm -hmm. yield farming, for instance, or what slippage do I want to incur or what gas fees, how much, how, what it was the minimum amount of gas, maximum amount of gas fees I want to pay. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of preferences that need to get built into this. And then you have to make those preferences private because then you don't want people to front run these preferences that users are entering. So this, what I'm describing is like the multi-year vision of Composable. Understood, right? understood. But I think initially we'll see examples of this where if someone performs a swap through XCVM, it'll probably always route through Pablo and Osmosis mm -hmm. as an example. So there'll be like early iterations of this, but the full like big vision is to build this engine because then we create best execution across all the different chains, right? And of course, there are cases where chains go down, right? And that's a problem. There's cases where chains have 51% attacks. So this also means we have to build a heavy, robust monitoring system mm -hmm. so that the user can get alerted if something's happening and, you know, not sign a transaction or withdraw their funds. Big job. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it a second ago. I wanted to ask you about your considerations of privacy. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, regulatory compliance. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, so I think for the most part, we're infrastructure, right? right. Like, so we have an in-house GC who puts, um, who makes sure that we're complying with various regulations. Okay. At the end of the day, we are infrastructure. So when people start using XCVM for whatever they want, we're kind of out of that picture as far as like what they decide to build with our infrastructure. But as far as the stuff that we're building internally, whether it's the Centauri stuff, whether it's the Pablo stuff, we are, you know, we make disclaimers that people sometimes like complain about the contents of those things. We're doing those things because we have to stay regulatorily compliant. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why the GC works in-house and we didn't just hire outside counsel is because um, over time, I think the crypto industry is just going to become more and more heavily regulated. Okay. And how about privacy? I think privacy is really important, right? I mean, dark pools in equities are a thing, right? Like the government said, yeah, this is fine. Mm -hmm. Like we were completely fine with an order getting sent into a dark pool and not really knowing w what happens to this order until it's been executed in 10 different places and it gets stamped into this clearing uh, DTCC. So I think in crypto, the privacy issues, yes, there are some regulatory things around that because people can do can use privacy protocols for money laundering, etc. But I think the reality is like we need to, if users are submitting preferences, we need to protect those users who've submitted their preferences before execution, because anyone who sees these preferences can front run these things. It's different than in equities where equities, you submit preferences to an exchange and they just plug directly into a dark pool. No one can see that because it's all centralized databases. Right. Whereas here on a ledger, it's it's different. So we're we are like um, hiring someone to do zk things, things like zk IBC, things like design this preference system in a in a private manner. All right, dude. Well, um, thanks for, a lot for the update. I think it's uh, you know still very exciting stuff.
when people get to use this DEX, uh, how are they going to feel? What are they going to experience? Is is it going to be perfect? What's it going to be like? I think they'll experience delight. Delight? Yeah. Okay, why? Why? So I think the biggest thing that we focus on is user experience internally. You can already see this from the Picasso app. I mean, it's pretty sleek. It's not boxy. It doesn't feel like you don't know what's happening. It, it feels very much so like, like it's been user tested. And that's because I'm a user and you know, a lot of other people internally are users of DeFi. Um, and so I think Pablo is going to be like the the way that we all thought a DEX should look like. Okay, well, if we get it by Christmas, that'd be fantastic. Can't wait to, to use it and put the Pika to work <laughs> and uh, continue on this uh, this journey with you and your team. Yeah, uh, awesome. Benjamin, thanks a lot for uh, seeing us again.